Green Thumbs Rejoice. It's the Bob Olin Show, brought to you by Dan's Garden Center, located in Dan's Feed Bin in Superior. The WLFSD's Garden Green. Compost you'll dig. Now, KDAL's Master Gardener, Bob Olin. And away we go with the Bob Olin Show. Bob, uh, welcome to the month of March today. March the 1st. Hopefully it'll be better and a little warmer than February was. Yeah, don't we all hope that? Uh, we'll hope that the worst of the winter is over. But uh, <laughs> we're coming in here relatively mild. What yeah. is it? In like, in like, uh, well, I suppose in like a lion, out like a lamb. We're coming in like a lamb. We hope that doesn't mean out like a lion, right? Well, uh, like our meteorologist said, it looks like the, the lion could roar its... Uh, it's, uh, I guess, rear up its ugly head by this weekend already. Okay, well, we'll just keep that in yeah. mind. That means better things are coming later in the month, right? Let's hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be kind of nasty this weekend from what I understand, but it's still uh, a ways off, so we'll have to wait and see. We'll see what happens there for yeah. sure. It has been a genuine old-fashioned winter, mm-hmm. which in view of all of the discussion of climate change, uh, at least we got some winter left, so this, is a, this hasn't been so bad, really. No. And we've We've talked about it in the past. We've got the good stove cover out there, nice blanket, but great for the skiers this year, huh, Dave? Yeah, snowmobilers happy. I'm sure cross-country skiers uh, got a lot of snow as well. Yeah, downhill, you name it. Mm-hmm. So uh, great for winter sports, and that's uh, that makes it part of the fun up here. March 1st, uh, you know, we kind of uh, really think about starting the growing season at this point. This is, for me, being uh, principally a vegetable grower, uh, this is when we first start doing a little bit of seeding, and the first crops we take a look at are in the onion family, principally onions, where if you want to start from seeds. So I thought if we get a chance here, well, maybe we'll walk you through a little bit of the culture and the uh, history of onions just a little bit. Great right. crop. It's a great crop, Dave, for this area. Um, you know, basically, we've got a couple of big groups that you want to think about, either if you're buying the seed or if you're buying the transplants from a local greenhouse uh, or if you're buying the, the bulbettes, maybe we'll start with that. Um, if you buy these bulbs, which are dried and typically sold in the package, maybe there are 50 or 100 of them in a net bag, that type of thing. These were all grown out uh, over the winter or the previous year. They were harvested, dried down, and um, you will set those in the, as transplants a little bit later in the season. We won't be transplanting anything out until about May 1st. Mm-hmm. So those will go in the ground. That's one option you certainly do have. But if you're really going to be a connoisseur, really be a gardener, because you want to access all the different varieties, it's interesting when you look at some of these uh, smaller bulbs that you buy, they can typically be defined as yellows or whites or maybe reds, mm-hmm. and they let it go at that. They really don't even tell you what variety you've got. So that's one thing. Even though I've grown them that way, uh, that's one thing that uh, always bothered me a little bit. I really don't know what I have because there's quite a bit of difference in variety. So the other option you have, of course, is starting from seed, and this is something you could do at home. Now, i gotta got to warn you, onions grow very, very slowly. That's why we start the March 1st. Uh-huh. And you're gonna you're gonna be with you for a while. Start your tomatoes and start those April fifteenth, and you don't have as long to take care of them. But uh, here you're gonna have to stay with them for a while. Again, uh, just general good seeding practices. You want to start with a seeding media. That's uh, the best thing to do is probably buy something that's labeled as a seeding media, and uh, then that's not necessarily sterile but pasteurized, so we don't have a lot of the uh, the pathogens and some of the uh, detrimental bacteria in particular that can damage seeding fungi as well we get some conditions uh, such as damping off so we want to start with a good quality seeding media 
you know, ideally we'd like about 70 degrees now with fuel prices going up. I think many of us are living much cooler than that right now. I know that I am. And uh, so 70 degrees, i got to find a spot or I have to have a heat map uh, so that I can keep them 70 degrees uh, 24 hours a day if at all possible. So you want them, you want them just a little bit warmer so that they jump out, uh, get started. We want to get them out of the ground, uh, seedling, anything from seed. They're most vulnerable kind of like infants and other things, very vulnerable when they're very young. So you want to be sure that you get them out, get them growing as fast as you can. Once we get them out of the seeding mix, they start to germinate. Uh, then they're much more resistant to some of these potential diseases and, and other issues. So nice sterile mix, uh, warmer conditions. Obviously, they're going to need some light. Actually, uh, onions are one of the very few plants that don't need a lot of light to germinate. Most of them do need light for penetration, but that's one group that uh, really doesn't need a lot of light. So you don't have to worry as much about light. The nice thing, if you've got fluorescent tubes, you get a little heat from them, so you, it builds up a little bit of these warmer temperatures that you want for quality seed germination. So you got those two options. You can start from bulblets, or you can start from transplants. You can either start your own transplants from seed, or you can buy them from a greenhouse. Uh, obviously, uh, it isn't every greenhouse. This is where shopping locally is uh, really kind of nice because... Not all the greenhouses really want to start this early. You can imagine many of them are heating with propane, and propane 320 a gallon, I was told. Uh, pretty pretty expensive to be running it up through a poly greenhouse at this point. But we still do have some that have smaller areas that will open a small house, or they've got a germination chamber where they get things started, which are much smaller and are, are insulated. But if you can buy those locally, then you've got a lot of options from a good dealer. They should have a number of different varieties available to you, Dave. All right. So, go ahead. I was just going to uh, run to a phone real quick here and see what we got real on the line. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Marilyn from Two Harbors. Well, hi, Marilyn. How are you this morning? Okay, well, I'm talking roses. Oh, we're going to switch gears. <laughs> if you <laughs> okay, don't that's mind. fine. You know, we got some allium that flowers, some onion plants that flower, but we'll switch to roses. What do you got? Well, for years I've had a beautiful climbing rose bush, and it's a um, Canadian variety. I think it was Lake Champlain. Nice uh, variety, yes. And beautiful, but last year, no buds. Beautiful green foliage, but no buds. No buds at all. No. What's wrong? How can I amend the soil? Okay, first thing we want to do is we want to eliminate, there wasn't uh, any mammal damage of any type, deer or anything else browsing them off, was there? No, no bugs either. No bugs either. So all we had, uh, tell me about the plant. How did it come through the winter? Was it vigorous? Did it grow well? Yes, it was beautiful. We climbed up this trellis, and the greenery was lovely, but like I say, okay. not one bud. Okay. Uh, you've got a winter-hardy variety in uh, Champlain there, so uh, we won't worry about the hardiness. That sometimes can be an issue. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, we got through the winter, but uh, how much sunlight's available? Has that changed at all? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, did you fertilize in any way? Uh, use any kind of fer fertility on it? Oh, just some miracle Grow. That's what I've used in the past, but nothing. Okay. Okay, let me... Let me suggest a possibility here. We might have gotten, since you got all this good lush green growth, it grew very well, right? Yes. And we got a little miracle grow, and this particular product is relatively high in what we call soluble, soluble nitrogen. 
So it could well be that uh, we pushed the green growth at the expense of the actual bud set and bud formation. That might be one possibility, assuming, again, if the buds don't set up, that may be a, uh, a sunlight condition, and that, is, that hasn't changed. Sometimes trees grow and shrubs grow around areas, and, and we get that kind of a change where we don't have enough good bright light to produce this. But that wasn't your situation, correct? Correct. Okay. Let's then, if we're going to, let's uh, let's look at the possibility that there was a little too much water-soluble fertilizer there. It might have been uh, very, uh, you know, adequate in the past, but we might have pushed green growth at the expense of actual bud formation. Now, if we had a year-round condition, uh, eventually that would set buds for you from the green growth. But in this case, with a, a limited growing season, it's, it's very possible that we didn't have have enough uh, or a good balance of nutrients. So if you're going to use a water-soluble as the product you were using, um, look for something where, and that has a formulation, and I'm just guess, taking off the top of my head, but it's about 20% nitrogen and about uh, maybe 5% phosphorus, 10% uh, potassium, uh, the three numbers. So you want to look for something that's maybe like a 15-30-15, something where the first number is lower than the second two numbers. So you've got more phosphorus, you've got more potassium, a little bit less nitrogen, and uh, that combination, with a good winter we've had and a good cover, it should come through the winter real well. Uh, let's uh, let's look at that as an option for fertilizing, or maybe you might even want to just back off the, the uh, soluble fertilizer in general or the synthetic and just maybe spread a little compost on the top, a little well-rotted manure on the on the soil surface or work it in just a little bit without uh, disturbing the roots and water it in. Or you could use um, a slow-release fertilizer. So we're going to back off a little bit on the nitrogen fertilizing one way or another and see if uh, if that doesn't correct the situation for us. Oh, okay? sounds great. Thanks so much for your help. Give that a try. That's a great question when something like that happens, when we've got that big flush of green growth and nothing else has changed. And we've got a uh, high nitrogen fertilizer. Oftentimes that can be the case. Okay? Okay. Thanks again. Thanks for the Alan, call. And thanks for calling. Very interesting. If we can get back and talk more onions as we return. First, let's take a break. Bob, we're at 927 now at KDAL. And we're back. The Bob Olden Show continues here on KDAL. Bob, I learned something new. I didn't realize there were different varieties of your uh, red, white, and yellow onions it's uh, i guess varieties of all three right yeah absolutely wow. and they make it they make quite a difference and perhaps i can just uh walk you through it could i could i spend just a little minute on our, our previous caller oh discussion sure there you know she's got shrub roses she, uh she was doing everything right she was happy for a long time we just got a little too probably a little too much nitrogen there but she's done everything really right there she's uh and I think if you are going to be growing roses, you know, we've got hybrid teas that, that, that are really, and this is a classic American rose, but they really have to be dug up and they really have to be really protected during the winter. The, these Canadian shrub roses, uh, which can be beautiful as well, the bloom's a little bit smaller, but they're good and winter hardy, and that's the first thing. So she had she had one called Champlain, which is one of the, um, the Canadian Explorer series, and there are so many of them out there from Henry Hudson on out. Uh, they named all of the, uh, uh, the explorers that uh, I think uh, first got up into Canada, and that's where this uh, came from. A lot of the work was done just north of the border here at the, at the uh, Morrison Experiment Station, 
And uh, some of those introductions are just extremely uh, successful in this particular area. So if you're going to plant roses, think about shrub roses. Uh, they typically require a lot less maintenance, and uh, they can perform so well for us, and they're good in winter hardy. Dave, uh, but that was an interesting call, certainly, and uh, you won't be disappointed. The one thing, and the first thing I don't go to, because I've got to fence everything, boy, the deer just love those. They will chop <laughs> those down, even though they're they're prickly, of course. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, they'll take them off pretty quickly. So you got to protect with some kind of fence during the winter. we got other options during the summer months when uh, we can use these intermittent sprinklers, the scarecrow system to keep the deer away and so forth. But when they're when they're really out there and they're hungry and the snow is deep and these things can be above the snow because they're climbers, uh, they can do a fair amount of damage. So good varieties. The Canadian Explorer Series, great. Protect from deer full sun good drainage and not too much nitrogen fertilizer and you're going to be really happy with with those particular roses so they not only look good but they taste good too apparently well to someone they do yeah okay <laughs> yes absolutely uh, and onions uh, they taste good too they yeah. can some <laughs> some could certainly be real mild uh and that's one of the big classes we've mm-hmm. got if we were to take a look at uh, the selection and there are hundreds of varieties out there dave wow. Uh, that you can pick from. That's why if you're going to grow your own, you've got some certainly got some options there. And we got these three big classes. We've got uh, what we call a yellow onion, uh, the white onions, and of course it re- references the principally the color of the skin as well mm-hmm. as some of the flesh. And then we've got our our red onions, and I think the most common certainly are are some of the yellow onions. But we've also got what we call long day and short day. And uh, this references when the bulbs begin to set up. So you've got a transplant, you've got a green plant, and what you really want is you want that bulb, that thickened uh, stem really there to to enlarge that bulb to form. And that's triggered. Some varieties that's triggered when the days are getting longer. Other varieties it's triggered when the days are shorter. So short season varieties are those that you might go down and uh, Texas, southern part of the United States, and there's a lot of uh, onion production actually in in Texas, a big area where they got broad expanses uh, during the winter months. They've got just about ideal temperatures for growing onions, but only short days since there's not much day length. So we have to be careful here. Number one, you want to select long day onions, those varieties, or perhaps intermediate day. Now we've got a couple varieties. Uh, one yellow called candy that works real nicely for us. It's technically an interday onion, intermediate day onion, uh, an onion that you might want to grow typically to get the largest size, maybe as far north as uh, southern Iowa or something like that. We still grow it up here. It's it's very nice sweet onion, but it's one of the intermediate varieties. We don't quite get the bulb size that they would a little farther south where it's better adapted, but nonetheless, it can be good for us. So maybe some intermediates, but certainly long day onions is what you want. You want to set them out, if you can, uh, about right around that first week in May. Maybe if we get a warm year, maybe in an opportunity, maybe toward the end of April. This gives us a real long growing season. As I mentioned, uh, these are going to be at least 100 days before you get the opportunity to harvest them. Uh, they grow very slowly, but uh, they can be very fun to grow. They do require, again, uh, a good fertile soil, so you're going to get you have to get some nutrient there. You want good drainage. Now that's kind of interesting because uh, they do require, even though they grow very slowly, uh, they do require uh, a steady stream of water about an inch per week. So to grow them right, you might even if it's going to be hot and dry this year, and those still are the forecast, Dave. Uh, you might want to be sure that you're near a water spigot, or you can get some 
some water to it on a regular basis. Otherwise, the growth kind of shuts down, and you really limit what you can what you can grow. But um, watch the weeds; they don't compete. They're not a real aggressive plant, so they don't compete real well against other weeds. But they are they are a lot of fun to grow, and you can grow some beautiful varieties. Uh, some that are very very large, and uh, some that can be very very sweet. So that's another grouping we kind of look like. Do you want to you want to grow these for storage? Uh, where they keep a long time? Do you want to grow them for immediate consumption or consumption within three or four weeks maximum? And those are going to be your sweeter onions. The more pungent onions are your storage onions. So there's a lot to, a lot to think about. And as you mentioned, each one of these colored skin varieties has a has a group that um, that we might prefer or you might prefer. And I mentioned among the yellows there, uh, candy is certainly a very good variety, but the yellow sweet Spanish has been with us a long time. These are all relatively available most places. Um, when we look at the whites, we like uh, there's a white sweet Spanish, which is really nice, and these, again, would not be keeping varieties. These are varieties that you're going to be uh, consuming on your salads or in the course of a uh, on your burgers and other things in the course of the growing season, basically. For a good keeping onion, uh, one of the old standbys that I like to grow does nicely for me is one called Copra, C-O-P-R-A, still red- readily available, and um, it's a really nice long-term keeping onions. So we've got uh, we've got a number of long days uh, that perform extremely well for us. It really is a fun crop to grow. It's the first thing we begin to seed, and uh, it certainly can be it can be a lot of fun, and there's a nice payback. If you keep the water going to them in a warm year, you get them in early enough, you can certainly get – we had some last year that were grapefruit size, so you wow. can get some very, very nice onions if you start early and if you they got the fertility in the water that those plants need. Uh, we can do very well this far north with onions. Now, can you pick them early and, and get them small, or is that a special yep. variety for, like, your pearl onions or something? Well, yeah, that's interesting. Those are those again are our green uh, bunching onions we call oh, them, okay. and, and so that's another group out there. Right. And uh, we there's a lot of variability. That's the fun thing about this uh, thing called gardening. There's just <laughs> so you can go as deep as you want into some of these topics in terms of varieties, performance, and so forth. But you're really talking there about a bunching onion. These are mm-hmm. separate varieties where they really don't bulb up. You just get kind of a thickened stem near the bottom ah. and they can harvest be harvested early so there again but again you'd be putting transplants out but you'd be planting those very tight so that we um, we, we get the nice narrow stems and we eat those of course immediately on salads as fresh so those are considered uh, bunching onions and uh, they, that's another option for people and we've got another big group out there called Cipollinis which uh, this is I believe that's Italian and we actually got a one of our master gardeners is one down at the state fair. She likes to grow that particular variety. It's, it's if you were to take a uh, imagine taking an orange and squashing it down, something <laughs> like that. So it's got kind of a bulbous appearance to it, and there's some very very attractive uh, red skin varieties. So the Cipollinis are also a lot a lot of fun to grow, and and uh, I grow a few of those uh, for fun as well. So this is a big group. And it does include the leeks. I haven't mentioned those. It includes the shallots. It includes uh, garlic. We're not going to be starting that from seed now. That went in the ground last fall. But certainly uh, shallots, if you want to grow those out, they're a lot of fun. Leeks and uh, leek salads and so forth, leek soup, uh, they're tremendous as well. But they all kind of require the same growing conditions, slow growers, so we can start about this time of year 
and uh, as they grow out uh, in your uh, growth chamber or in your greenhouse setting, you are going to have to give those a little bit of a haircut. So people say, man, it's gotten so long and gangly, they, they get almost grass-like. Just take a scissors and you nip off a couple inches off the top and you let them continue to grow until you're ready to transplant them out. And that, that again, is going to be uh, certainly not before the end of April. Dude. All right. Now, you hear a lot about the Vidalia onions. Those are what's supposedly grown only in one region, or can we grow something like that up here, too? All right. Good question. Uh, these are the Vidalias, and uh, this town of Vidalia, Georgia, nice, sweet, mm-hmm. large onion. Uh, but, again, that's a short-day onion for the southern uh-huh. part of the United States. But we have one called Walla Walla that uh, was named after, I'm not sure exactly where it was developed, but certainly named after the Walla Walla area in Washington, which is a big vegetable and fruit production region in that in that particular state. So mm-hmm. I would suggest rather than Valdalia's, and the Valdalia comes to mind because uh, the town there did such a good job in marketing, but yeah. it's a large, sweet onion that doesn't keep well, but it eats really well during the season. But for us, let's go with a long day variety, and, and the one that I've grown and, and really enjoy is Walla Walla. So Walla Walla is going to be the Valdalia for the north, Dave. <laughs> and, um, you know, we got another one. If you like to really grow a real large prize-winning onion, doesn't, again, keep very long, but uh, Eliza Craig, Elza uh, Craig, A-I-L-S-A-C-A-A-R-I-G, Elza Craig, uh, is fun. So if you want to try some of these varieties, and you want to grow a real large onion, they're really fun for the kids because uh, those will do extremely well. But got to have the water, got to have the fertility, got to have the weeds under control if you're going to get uh, maximum size out of some of these. All right. Well, let's uh, put aside uh, part of the garden for onions this year for sure. <laughs> it's fun. It's it's like, uh, and they really, I did mention they require a little bit of care, but yeah. uh we get we get them off and growing. We get a nice one of these rain showers, and you get a real flush of green growth, and there's a real sense of accomplishment. They grow very slowly. You set them out, and you don't think they're going to take off, and then maybe two, three weeks later, the roots get a chance to get established. Once again, they're very slow growers. We get a nice rain, good sun, and, boy, they pop, and they really are fun to watch as they develop through the season, Dave. All right, we're at uh, 941. Take another break, Bob. The Bob Olin Show each Tuesday right here on KDAL. And we're back. More of the Bob Olin Show here on a uh, Tuesday, the 1st of March. Days keep getting longer, too, Bob. 648 for sunup this morning. It won't be set until 555 this evening. Wow, yeah, it's it's really rather dramatic. And, of course, this time of the year, uh, even with a lot of snow on the ground, it gives us hope for the future, doesn't it, Dave? <laughs> yeah. And the tulips will be popping out before you know it. Yeah, they they really will. It, it's going to go very fast now. And the days, uh, remarkably, as we come into the spring equinox here, they get uh, longer, mm-hmm. faster, it seems. So that's why now is a good time to be thinking about thinking about starting some things from seed. We talked a little bit about the onions and, you know, the one thing that I didn't mention there is uh, there's so much concern about good health right now. And mm-hmm. onions, uh, you know, they can, they're can they used kind of as a side dish, uh, chopped on salads, and maybe on top of your burger. But a lot of people are roasting vegetables, and don't overlook uh, that. For they, they really taste great roasted. Of course, deep frying, very little fat that goes along with it, and you may take away from some of the real health benefits. But uh, that onion group and some of those uh, sulfur compounds that make you want to cry – <laughs> Those are in these big anti-carcinogens that people talk about that oh. have been documented. So 
actually, um, there's some uh, real documented health benefits in that whole family, the whole Allium family. So lots of good things about it. And uh, the nice thing is uh, cool season, warm season, uh, we can grow them well in this area. So it, it's a, it really is kind of a good crop, certainly for us. Just hold your nose and eat them like an apple. That's right. People try lots of different <laughs> things. They try cutting them underwater and other things. Ah. If it, uh, if, and that is one option if it really does bother you. And as I mentioned, those are the sulfur compounds. Those are actually the protective compounds, and they're going to be more intense in some of these fall storage onions. So if you're buying them from the store, those have obviously been uh, overwintered or held, and that's why so many of them are sharp like that. But we talked about, uh, you mentioned the Valdelia or the Walla Walla I mentioned, the Lisa Craig's. Uh, these are summer eating onions, and uh, they don't contain this real high concentration uh, of these uh, sulfur-containing compounds, so they're not going to bring you to tears. They're they're happy onions <laughs> rather than the fat onions. Okay? Well, they still got the nutritional value, though, right? Oh, even more so. Yeah, okay. they're they're just great, and you can you can consume so much more of them mm-hmm. because they're nice and sweet. They're they're almost apple-like. Some of them. That's that's how good they really are. So, wow. nice sweet onions are uh, they're a pleasure during the the growing season for sure. Well, you're making me hungry now, Bob. <laughs> well, that on top of a good burger. Boy, I'm thinking about Fourth of July barbecues and whatnot. With, oh, boy. Yeah, already. I'm, That's a I few months away, you? but uh, nice to dream, I guess. Nice to dream a little bit. Yeah, these <laughs> nice bright days get us thinking about that a little All bit. Right. You, you know, Dave, if we could, maybe we could switch topics. We mentioned again a little bit about starting from seed. We don't want to rush a lot of the other right. vegetable crops for sure because you got to be able to handle them after that. We are anticipating that there will be more gardeners year this year than ever. Uh, we'll be starting off. We're working again with public television here, March 10th. We got a gardening special coming up there. I'll just mention that. Ooh, the time you'll have to check. I believe we're starting at. It's going to be an hour program. I believe we're going to start at seven o'clock there. So that'll be kind of fun with my friend uh, Deb Erickson from Burns Greenhouse, and uh, we'll both be on there and uh, answering a few questions for folks, helping them develop some of the content for that program. And then we got a few in-person. We're going back in person finally, and uh, we're going to be doing our spring gardening extravaganza down here in Duluth. We'll be down at the depot where they've been very accommodating, going to help us out there and uh, use the great hall there. So that'll be April 23rd, a Saturday event that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll give you some of the details. And for the folks on the range, we're going to be doing a session uh, on April 12th, which will give you more information about looking again at uh, – some of the warm season crops, some of the research I did last year, and uh, as well as uh, taking a look at tomato production, I guess, in, in both locations, because it certainly it's the year of the tomato, and consequently, uh, and one of the, the number one uh, backyard garden crops. So we got a lot we're going to cover, and a lot of it's based on the work we've done right here in the Northland. So the information should be, uh, should be pretty good for folks. Yeah, it sounds very good, and certainly timely here as we get into the springtime season. Yeah, but by, by that time, then we can be mm-hmm. starting our tomatoes from seed and so forth, and uh, and we'll really be thinking about uh, the season ahead. So in that time, we'll probably have a little better feel for what the year is going to be. Uh, Noah still holds to warm and uh, not a lot of moisture, so that we want to think a little bit about watering and watering systems, but uh, that those can be very good conditions as long as you've got uh, adequate water available for sure, Dave. All right, how's your uh, compost pile doing? Well, my compost pile, you know, I uh, I like to keep that going through the winter months, right. and actually, it's uh, it's pretty well under the snow right now, so it's ah. insulated. I have I haven't dug through that. I continue, of course, to compost all mm-hmm. kitchen waste, 
I'm a little bit of a fanatic that way. You know that uh, compost is considered garden gardener's gold. We mm-hmm. don't really have enough organics in our soil here naturally occurring. So to supplement, uh, you never have enough compost. They always work it in. And, and I continue to compost uh, yard waste. I don't. A lot of people like to worm compost. I haven't done that yet uh, to any extent, but I do get it outside. It freezes down in the I've got a big bin. You don't want to just put it out where the deer can get it because they'll harvest that. But uh, <laughs> got a big bin that's enclosed, and um, yeah, we're still continuing to compost, Dave, for sure. All right. One other question for you, of course. How's that Christmas tree doing? <laughs> You know, it looks pretty good outside really? right Really? Okay. It really does. It's surprising. It uh, it kind of got buried by that last uh, snowstorm quite a ways. Uh, popcorn's all gone, so yeah, something yeah. has been out there harvesting it. But it uh, it actually looks pretty good. Maybe I maybe I, I put it out there too early, Dave. Yeah, well, that could be either that or just hang on to it till next Christmas and bring it back yeah. in the house. Yeah, for sure. I usually, uh, I went out a little early. Sometimes I, I go into uh, maybe February 1st or so. I think about the second <laughs> week of January I went out this year. All right, well, we'll uh, check out the weather forecast. That'll be coming up. And the Bob Olin Show continues here on a Tuesday morning, the 1st of March on uh, KDAL. Uh, we'll check the weather after we find out about your money now. That's next year on KDAL. All right, final portion of the Bob Olin Show is underway, 9.54 now on a Tuesday morning as uh, we get closer and closer to the growing season, Bob. Yes, we do, and closer and closer to when we can get started with some of these things. We mentioned uh, March 1 is kind of my start date on the on the onions if you're going to grow them from seed. And, of course, if you're not going to do that, and it is, uh, it, it takes a little while, and you got to really have the interest. I uh, The nice thing about starting with seed is, if you're familiar with some varieties, there's some varieties that no one else likes, and you happen to be happen to be one of your favorites. You can always uh, start your own. But a little early for everything else, Dave, as we mentioned. So we're just going to certainly hold off. We do think that this is going to be a, a big, another big gardening season. So I think probably getting seed orders in is is advised at this point. Our greenhouse industry, and I really appreciate all these folks. And we've got one of our sponsors, Dan's there, that's got their greenhouse operation. Really love to have local production of so much of this um they're gearing up for a for a bigger season they don't like of course the fact it's been so cold a little expensive to keep those houses heated oh, right. right now but nonetheless um i think that uh and i think that edibles uh, will be uh, a bigger and bigger issue i've had questions from people and i was just thinking with all the issues going on and we've got some inflationary pressures may have more but our situation not near as dire as it in Europe right now and the right. Ukrainians our hearts go out to all those folks and the, the of course Ukrainian community we have here as well but we're probably going to feel the, the the pinch in terms of food prices going up and I've had questions from people about the economics of uh, growing a vegetable garden and this is kind of new back when we had some tough times ourselves uh, uh, 70s and 80s some of the recessions people really swung around and wanted to really put some food away that's kind of changed as the economic picture's improved a little bit here and people started to grow. I think more for health issues, like we talked about uh, some of the antioxidants in onions. That was a, a big driver in the fact that uh, concerned about the source of their food supply and the quality of it. So quality issues, safety issues, nutrition, rather than economics became the driver. But now I'm getting questions about people. I've, I've only got... Uh, you know, 100 square feet, uh, mm-hmm. what crop should I grow to help with my food budget? So ah. uh, I might actually do a little segment. I did uh, some work on that a while ago where we actually grew some things out and 
and compare them with supermarket prices when they were ready to harvest. And uh, we got some interesting data in terms of what uh, what might be the most important to help out with your food budget a little bit. So maybe we'll look at that. But I think economics this year, Dave, is going to be uh, going to be a factor, particularly if we get uh, some more of this inflation going on. So yeah. well, it's a good growing year. We were fortunate. We can always do a little something to help ourselves out. We got options of of all types, which uh, is really wonderful about this wonderful free society we have. Yep, and if you can uh, do some canning at the end of the season, you can keep it uh, going all winter long. Yeah, canning and Mm -hmm. uh, certainly freezing and drying, and I think uh, we're going to roll that out coming uh, to some sessions on that as well. So we might be going back to some of the old skills uh, that people had Mm -hmm. for the longest time, and there is again satisfaction in doing some of that now uh, there could well certainly be uh, an economic incentive as well Dave alright well Bob enjoy the longer days and we'll uh, check back with you next week when they'll be even longer great thanks always <laughs> nice talking with you Dave and all, right. all of our listeners good deal have a good rest of the day coming up on 958 the morning show and uh, the Bob Olin show wrapping up today the Bob Olin show has been brought to you by Dan's Garden Center Located in Dan's Feed Bent in Superior. And by WLSSD's Garden Green. Compost you'll dig.